welcome to the Purposed Marriage Podcast. If you are in a marriage that is damaged or broken and think all hope is lost, we invite you to listen in to today's broadcast. We pray that through this ministry, you will find biblical encouragement and instruction that will lead you and your spouse to a closer walk with the Lord and each other. God can and does heal marriages no matter how desperate or impossible the circumstances may appear to be. And now, here is today's episode. Hello, welcome to another edition of the Purposed Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Larson. With me, as always, is my wife, Amy Larson. Amy, say hello. Hello. We've had a uh, kind of a busy and eventful past few weeks. As many have. (laughs) Different things going on. Yeah, uh, many things going on uh, right now. But uh, Amy, why don't you go ahead and share some of the things we've been dealing with here. We've been off the air for... I think it's uh, been a week. A couple weeks, weeks, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had... um, I had to go to the doctor with both of our sons. Um, Our first son, I had to take him to the dermatologist. We thought... He may have alopecia. His hair started to fall out. That's a that's a frightening thing when you see yeah, your I mean, child losing ca- yeah. hair. Yeah, right? he's he's a little boy. He's eight years old, and his hair literally he just started balding, um, and it went from you know dime size to quarter size, and then how big would you say it got to be, Tommy? The size of his fist. Yeah, probably like baseball size. Yeah. yeah. And um, so luckily, after having him tested, they had to do what's called a scalp punch procedure, which just the sounds of it is... Sounds like hole punch. <laughs> yeah, it's punch a little a hole scary. In his head. That is exactly what they did, actually. Um, but they determined that he has something different, um, and it essentially came to hair pulling um, due to anxious um and worrisome anxiety feelings worry yeah yeah sort of related a little bit uh to the topic for today what we're dealing yes. with yeah i didn't actually make that connection until uh just now just this now. very moment <laughs> yeah yeah so that i took him to the doctor earlier in the week um that was very good news though because what he has is very preventable we are taking steps to talk through some of his anxiety, but also he is wearing um, a beanie in order to prevent that. So took him to the doctor then, and then later in the week, our other son ended up having strep throat. And so we had to make a quick run to the doctor. He's feeling much better though. Within like, what would you say, 24 hours? He He only seemed sick for like a day. I know. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so he was, we did keep him out of school a little bit longer. And now school is out for spring break. But now it's been canceled through the end of the month. Right. Because of Uh, the coronavirus. Coronavirus, right. And um, you could say... The title for today's show, which is Remain Steady in the Storm, uh, that has been ripped directly from the headlines. Uh, So with all the hysteria taking place all over the world right now over coronavirus, uh, we couldn't help but see a link and a parallel to the type of crisis so many of us have experienced when our marriages fall apart and our world gets turned upside down. Um, Chaos, uncertainty fret, anxiety, 
you can all accurately describe the behavior of many you see out in public or online right now. Uh, most would acknowledge where this behavior can lead and how dangerous it can be, but how many of us walking through our marriage struggles take the opposite approach to dealing with hardship? And so we're going to attempt to address uh, that question and more. Well, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, today's theme passage comes from Psalm 54, 5 through 7. I'll go ahead and read that. This is coming from the English Standard Version. By awesome deeds you answer us with righteousness, O God of our salvation, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas, the, the one who by his strength established the mountains, being girded with might, who stills the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves, the tumult of the peoples. And again, that's Psalm 54, 5 through 7. Uh, looking at our first question today, uh, Amy will go ahead and pose that to you. And uh, we, can, we can discuss it, of course, together. Uh, but working on the concept of steadiness and being calm in the midst of storms, uh, what examples from Scripture can you think of that provide a template for how we should behave and act when experiencing similar circumstances? Well, I'll actually point to a story um, that shows a great example of, I think, how not to act. Um, and that's the story of Jesus and the disciples in the boat. And that's Mark 4, 35 through, for, excuse me, Mark 4, 35 through 41. You have that there? Yeah, actually, go, go, I can. Go ahead and read that if you Okay, would. I can read that. Um, and this is, I believe, NIV version. That day when evening came, he said to the disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. And so after reading that story and you know, just thinking back to that story, I think, initial reaction, especially the unknown, things that we have not encountered before, things that, um, you know, we're, we're going through hard times and we see others maybe in a state of panic ourselves also, we tend to panic um, and we start to fear, I think, the unknown. Well, <clears throat> yeah, those disciples, they were afraid of losing their lives in the storm. Right, And so, um, of course, Jesus the whole time knew exactly what was going on. Exactly. Right? He knew exactly what, what was going to happen, how they were going to respond. But also, I think it's really important to point out that the opposite of fear is faith. And I think that that is what I love about this story so much is because Jesus said, do you not... Do you still not have faith in me? Like they had been walking with him. Yeah. They had been serving alongside him. They saw who he was. They acknowledged who he was. 
but yet they still were fearful and they didn't believe and have faith. Well, those stories in in Scripture that we read and are familiar with are are very applicable today. I mean, there's a reason they were inserted into the Scriptures, and that is for us to glean from and uh, get wisdom from. And Mm -hmm. so the lesson there is, you know, from the Lord, Jesus, I am here with you. You right. know, do not, do not be fearful. Uh, do not be dismayed. I, I, I've basically got things taken care of. Right. Right. Uh, that's a good example. Uh, there's a couple others we want to mention here. I, I thought of uh, the story of the centurion, uh, the Roman centurion, Luke 7, 1 through 10. And I'll, I'll go ahead and read it here. Luke 7, 1 through 10. After he had finished all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. Now a centurion had a servant who was sick and at the point of death, who who was highly valued by him. When the centurion heard about Jesus, he sent to him elders of the Jews, asking him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they pleaded with him earnestly, saying, He is worthy to have you do this for him, for he loves our nation, and he is the one who built us our synagogue. And Jesus went with them. When he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore, I did not presume to come to you, but say the word and let my servant be healed. For I too am a man set under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him, and turned to the crowd that followed him, and said, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. And when those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the servant well. And this story struck me because I've dealt with people, I know you have, Amy, and I'm sure many of us have, uh, whenever there's the thought or hint of a loved one becoming sick or contracting something that is very serious, I think the, one of the first thing that sets in is panic and irrational behavior. <laughs> yeah. what, what am I going to do? What are we going? And you see the behavior of the centurion, who, at least in this story, uh, how he is presented here, remains calm. He was very calm and under control, and he knows full well based on the reputation of Jesus, that he is able to handle all this, mm-hmm. right? Right. Uh, and so I, I think there is a lesson there in terms of uh, how our behavior should be whenever we face the same types of uh, uncertainties or crisis. You know, what we see happening right now uh, in the world with this coronavirus. And uh, you see the reaction of people online, in the news media, and it seems like the world has gone gone crazy. Uh, Things have been turned on their head. And uh, a lot of people are acting irrationally. I mean, I can just say, we'll we'll, we'll, uh, add a little levity here, talking about, you know, how crazy people are going over toilet paper right now (laughs) for some reason. I had a discussion with someone the other day that it would seem to me that food would be a little more important than toilet paper. You won't need the toilet paper, right? If you don't have food. <laughs> you can't have the food, right? Right, right? but they're, uh, people are acting crazy, you yeah. know? And I think also it speaks to their heart condition. A lot of people that 
are panicking. And I mean, we read, you know, I think I shared this story with you. There were two brothers that made a trip from the Chattanooga area here in Tennessee all the way up through Kentucky. And they literally went into all of these small stores and were hoarding all of the sanitary or the sanitizer, um, gloves, masks. And, you know, I think they were looking to, they were selling the products on Amazon and they were price gouging. And it's just, it's so unfortunate that people, you know, take advantage. And I remember when I first read that story thinking, how could they do that? You know, there are all of these people that aren't going to be able to protect themselves properly, you know, from this virus. Um, and it was some of those smaller towns. And I just remember thinking, how could they do that? And then I was just reminded of, of my own heart and how dark my own heart had been, you know, when we went through our pause. And I mean, that's what happens when you're not connected to the Lord, when you're only looking for your selfish desires, you're looking to exploit the vulnerable. Well, I think a crisis like this reveals what truly is, is inside, inside you. a person. Yes, right? absolutely. And, and for those two individuals, uh, that paints um, not such a good picture. No, and I, I mean, my prayer is that, you know, that they will learn from this, um, that they'll look back at this in time and say, wow, that, you know, like I really see where that was not a good choice and that they'll learn from it and they won't make that mistake, you know, in the future. Um, and, and that's what I pray for all of the prodigals out there, that those that are running from their marriages right now, I pray that God will use this time of uncertainty to draw him back to himself or to draw them back to right. himself. Right. And that they will understand where it is that, you know, they need to place their trust. Well, they're going to be, they're going to, many of them, I'm sure, will likely be searching for answers. Yes. And in situations like this, where there is national worldwide crisis, mm -hmm. you know, there is a silver lining because this tends to turn people's hearts back towards the Lord. Right. And, uh, wouldn't be the, wouldn't that be great yeah, if these I mean, prodigals got their heart right with God and yeah. then returned to their families? You know, I remember um, during 9-11, I remember very clearly everyone came together as a nation and people were, you know, crowding into churches and, you know, pouring their hearts out to the Lord and people truly came together and worked together. And during that crisis, people were brought back to the Lord. And that's my prayer is that God will reveal himself to those prodigals out there running and that they'll turn back from their ways and come to him with open arms. One other story I'd like to highlight here uh, comes from the book of Numbers chapter 13. It's the story of uh, Joshua and Caleb and the giants. So you oh, know yeah. it's, it's going to be one of my favorites. <laughs> yes. Anytime uh, the, the word giant is mentioned, <laughs> I get all excited. Yeah. Uh, so this story really deals with, ultimately, uh, their confidence in God and uh, their belief that God was able to do what he said he was going to do. Mm -hmm. And if you don't remember the story, uh, 
or the specifics of this story, basically it revolves around the children of Israel who had been wandering in the desert. Mm -hmm. And they're awaiting uh, entrance into the promised land, the land of Canaan, the, the land flowing with milk and honey that God had promised them. And they sent and, out spies. And Moses sent out spies mm -hmm. into the land, 12, 12 spies, uh, to basically see what was going on and what they could expect. Uh, the Bible describes their reaction to this, saying that they appeared as grasshoppers in their sights. I'd say for most people, if you came back... That would be terrifying. You know, we can't go in there. Yeah, no, that would be they'll, terrifying. They'll squash us, right? Uh, but Joshua and Caleb didn't have that reaction. Uh, and they chose to uh, say, yes, this is the reality. This is what's out there. But this is also land that God has promised to us. Let us do this. And their confidence was in the Lord. They weren't panicked about what lay ahead of them. And, uh, you know, God was faithful to them. And unfortunately, for those who disbelieved God's promise uh, or forgot His promise, they were not allowed to enter into the promised land. Uh, but Joshua and Caleb were. And so that is a testimony uh, to the power of faith and our belief and confidence in the Lord to do what He says He's going to do. If you're promised a home in a land where there are giants, that is certainly uh, something that is... Uh, likely going to be a problem for you if God <laughs> right. isn't intervening right. or if you don't have him in your corner. All right, let's look at the next question here. Question two, what are some of the fears standers and prodigals can face while in the midst of a storm that could potentially cause them to follow paths that lead away from healing and restoration? And I'll, I'll speak from a standers point of view as we discuss this. First off, I think there is a real fear of being alone and without companionship. And uh, when you're in that situation where you've been separated, uh, I'll not lie, there are uh, physical and emotional needs um, that you have had met for a, a duration during your marriage, and right. all of a sudden they're not there. And so there is a... Uh, a desire, a craving, and a longing for those things to be restored. And unfortunately, I think there are some standers who uh, get sidetracked and they start placing the emphasis on those physical or emotional needs. And rather than relying fully on the Lord, they seek comfort in other, other relationships. Right. That's right. And, yeah, uh, and maybe not even through other relationships, but in other unhealthy and sinful ways. Yeah. Yeah, they could. And so um, that's the example there. Amy, what do you have? Uh, well, from the prodigal's point of view, um, I think of specifically, you know, fear of, although I didn't return, you returned to our home. Um, but a lot of times it's just returning to a situation um, that may have caused the crisis where you you don't want to be placed back in that situation. You have a fear that, oh, no, you know, this is going to go back to the way that it was. Yeah, and, and for the sake of clarity here, let me explain that. When I left the house, uh, I left because I had instilled in Amy a sense of fear because of my anger issues. I was, I was not leading like I was supposed to lead. And I never got physically abusive no. with her or the boys, but uh, there were many occasions where I raised my voice uh, in anger 
and uh, legitimately scared her. Uh, but there were other things going on, ways I was neglecting Amy and taking her for granted and uh, not uh, loving our children the way I was supposed to. And so these were all things that she wanted to escape from, which right. is why uh, there was the, uh, she came to the decision to ask me to leave and right. to go. She didn't want to be a part of it anymore. So, you know, as you're talking about this fear for you, there was this fear that, well, if we, if we were restored, we would end up in the same situation. Same situation, right. right. And and I think I always saw it like he can he can be this way for six months. I mean, anybody can, you know, act kind or nice um, in your presence if they're not in well, your presence any, Anybody very long. can fake something yes, for a while. Yes, they can fake it for a while. Right. And so that was my biggest fear is that, I'm going to allow him back into my life and he'll be kind in the beginning. But then once we start living together um, as a married couple again, then that's when his true self will come out. And what I didn't realize at the time is that God had been changing him from the inside out. And that's one thing that he pointed out to me over and over. Amy you know, when we, he never said, I don't believe you ever used the word if, it was always no, it was when not, it God was, restores us. It, it was going to happen. All right. <laughs> regardless of whether or not you believed it. Or not. Yeah. So I, when I knew he, the promise. Right. When he addressed it, he would always say, when God restores our relationship, it will never be the same. You know, this is a resurrected relationship. We literally, uh, our marriage had to die um, and come back to life. And so it wasn't a, well, we'll start from where we left off from. Um, And so that is kind of that fear for the prodigal is, oh no, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to ever go back to that. Well, I I think that fear uh, could be legitimate if there wasn't genuine heart change, change. heart Absolutely. change, at, at, right? And we say at the heart level, because <clears throat> that's where our identity is, right? At the heart, and also, I mean, I think that that takes true repentance, like a godly repentance. Um, you know, you you recognize typically, I would say most people do, if there's been true repentance versus you know, just sorry, somebody just kind of says sorry and hopes that you'll, you know, take them back. (laughs) I would say for me, true godly repentance uh, brought me to a place of humbleness and loneliness Mm -hmm. where I was completely broken. Right. Yeah, before the Lord. Um, And I, I knew that things would never be the way that they were because of the change God had wrought in my own heart. Right. Right. Things... Uh, that had been transformed that would take you a while to see. Now, I, I was me. I was living You them. saw it, right? Uh, you knew, knew about it. I knew what was happening. Right. right. And also, I think that, again, I mean, I know that we've shared this before, but truly it was through Tommy's um, heart change. and Brought know, about by the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Uh, the power of Jesus Christ. Brought about. He did that. Right. Brought about by the Holy Spirit. But that, me seeing that change in you is what also helped to bring my heart change because I realized, 
okay, he's not the only one in our relationship that needs to be brought to their knees. Like I had a ton of work, especially when I started, you know, living my life away from the Lord. Um, and during that separation period, I was not living for the Lord at all. And so God had to really, you know, get a hold of me and he used Tommy and Tommy's behavior to help do that um, and soften my heart. Uh, one other fear should point out a standard may encounter uh, during the course of a separation or a divorce, and that is the fear of losing resources. These could be financial resources or children mm -hmm. uh, in a custody battle. And because of that fear, you may uh, be prone to act uh, out of emotions or irrationally. I mean, that's a... <laughs> That's a big deal, really, especially when you talk about or think about your children actually losing them. And uh, I, I will say for me, that is ultimately what, you know, got me to go along with the divorce to sign the uh, papers there in our um, mediation. mediation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was the fear. Even though prior to that, I had acknowledged to the Lord that these children are yours. You know, I had done away with my attorney before I went into this situation because I wasn't interested in protecting what I thought I had a right to, you know. Um, but unfortunately, that fear uh, was instilled in me once again, and I allowed it to come in, uh, and it ruled me at that moment. And we've, I've actually, we've mentioned this before, yeah. that God worked through that, and I think it was... Um, uh, it was something that enhanced our story and gave us uh, more credibility in terms to our ministry and what we've been able to walk through uh, because of the Lord right. sustaining and equipping us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I uh, agree with that. Yeah, but um, you know that 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 fear it did it did cause me to um, again I allowed it to go ahead and sign that and agree to something that I knew I shouldn't have agreed to. Yeah. Um, well, I I can think of another. Um, fear from the prodigal's point of view, mm. and that's fear of judgment and scorn, um, you know, brought on. If you were to return home. If you or, were to, re yeah, if yeah. you were to return home. Also, there is a fear of judgment and scorn from the church. Like, I mm. think that we think people are going to judge us or they're not going to be loving. They're not going to accept us because... A lot of times, those are the people that have been praying for us the most. Mm. And I have to say, that was, I'm so thankful, that was absolutely not true in our case whatsoever. Um, I remember when Tommy and I were reunited, and we even took part in our Christmas celebration it's cardboard testimonies yeah uh, some of you may be familiar with those and uh, right not, as we were being up. restored yeah um, we actually had a part in that in our Christmas program for church yeah we were asked to participate in that and so on one side of our cardboard testimony I believe it said like divorced right yeah and then on the other there were a couple of other things but then you turn the cardboard over and it said restored marriage. Um, and in fact, 
our marriage hadn't quite been restored yet. Well, it was it was it, it, it hadn't was, it hadn't been cemented because we hadn't been to the courthouse, courthouse yet. Right. Yeah, but it was it was well on its way. Right. I mean, and I, I mean, I think that God really used that in our lives. I know for me specifically, um, turning that card over, and when we did, like I lost it emotionally because every single person <laughs> stood up in the audience and cried and clapped. And it wasn't because of anything we had done. And I'm going to get emotional now. Well, it was because of what God had done. You Absolutely. Know, and, and His goodness and the power of the cross to uh, change you know, situations, right, and make all things new. Yeah, you were. <laughs> I was reminded how we actually did that twice. We had the Christmas program two times, and I think it was the first time you were so, I was uh, so stunned. so so discombobulated that uh, after we turned the card over, <laughs> I walked in the opposite direction. Opposite direction. So, <laughs> I, I joked out. Yeah, this, we we're just now getting together, and we walk separated. Uh, I, I was. Uh, maybe maybe I'll include that. I may share a link to that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because that... if you look in the uh, description of the video or podcast, we'll we'll provide a link where you can actually see that for yourself. Now I've included the part where uh, we're actually walk off together. Right. So not that first <laughs> not part. the separate yeah. ways, but that that was very powerful. And and I mentioned the cardboard testimonies because that is really what cemented it to you know for me. Um, because God reminded me, he said, look, you stood before the church and said you were restoring your marriage. So you better do this now. You better be a woman of your word. Um, and so God really used that to help bring us together. And I think it was the reaction, not of people applauding us, but people embracing the power of God and recognizing just how mighty he was to bring about a change in our lives. And so for me, um, the church really embraced us in every single way. And they were so loving and quite opposite from judgment that I thought and the scorn that I thought would be there. It was not there right. well, at God, all. God does not give us the spirit of fear. No, He doesn't. Uh, and uh, so I, I think we can know for certainty where that was coming from. Oh, absolutely. Right? And <clears throat> and yeah, I mean, Satan will plant these little seeds in your mind to hold you back. He doesn't want your marriage restored. Um, and, and God does. He is for marriage. And so, you know, just just to keep that in mind and in perspective, you know, your prodigal may really want to restore the marriage, but there may or may be a fear um, of judgment or scorn or, you know, in some instances I've even heard of where the prodigal fears that, well, you know, I'll return home or my, you know, my stander will return home. But then once they realize how dark my heart was, once they learn of my wicked ways, then they won't want to have anything to do with me. Then they'll change their mind. Then, you know, they'll hold this over my head their entire lives. And I'm, I can say, 
I can say in many of the cases that we have witnessed where we have counseled people, that's not the case. The stander is, is delighting that the Lord is changing the heart of the prodigal. And that's how it was for me. I knew Tommy told me time and time again, it doesn't matter what you did in the past. All I care about is God restoring your heart to him and our marriage. Well, the one who is truly forgiven keeps no record of okay. wrongdoing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as the, as the Bible tells us, you know, when we ask for forgiveness, we repent of our wicked ways. Uh, God is faithful to forgive us, and he also promises to remember our sins no more. No more. And that is a deliberate action. He chooses not to remember yes. them anymore. And so if you are a stander, if you're like me, you know, you, you want your marriage restored, you want your prodigal to come back to the cross, you're not thinking in terms of all the things that they may possibly have done. In fact, I thought, yeah, there's a lot of things Amy could have done when we were separated, but it doesn't matter. I mean, I am not going to hold any of those things against her. After right. all, I was the one who, <laughs> I, I felt like I brought this crisis upon our marriage. We are all sinners. Uh, we have all fallen short uh, before God. And how, how can any one of us lift ourselves up in a position of righteousness over another sinner? Right. We're all filthy sinners. And we all sinners. need grace. We yeah. all need grace. Yeah. Uh, what do we think is the key to remaining steady in the midst of a storm? Well, I think we've kind of said that, you know, mm. the opposite of fear is faith. And so I think it really does all boil down to faith. Mm. Um, we need to lay our fears and, anxi- and anxieties um, at the foot of the cross, give them to the Lord, trust that He is in complete control. Now, I will say, I do think that we have to make wise choices, wise decisions, and take precautions, um, especially like, you know, with this, and I'm kind of going back to the coronavirus right now. Um, I think that we do need to take precautions and we need to listen. Um, I don't think that we just need to, you know, same with our marriages. We don't need to just shout out things to our you know, to you don't shout out things to your prodigal that you demand they listen to. If they've asked you to not say certain things or not talk about certain things, I think there needs to be a point of respect um, where you listen to them and you respect their wishes. Um, that doesn't mean to never talk to them. <laughs> but, you know, it may be like I had asked Tommy, well, if you want to come by, will you please text me. Will you please call me? Um, don't just show up at the doorstep. Yeah, Those types the, of things. The flesh side of me thought, you know, that's ridiculous. It's, it's my house. I can show <laughs> up when I want. But you Or know, is she I, trying to hide something and she wants to make sure? Yeah. You know, none of that was I didn't, actually I didn't, true. I didn't like that. I didn't agree with the request. There was a lesson in there for me at the time. And uh, it was indeed uh, teaching me patience and long-suffering, and um, just waiting on God, uh, and doing things for once that I didn't necessarily like doing. Right. And for so long, it was my way or the highway. I'm going to do what I want. Well, now things were out of my hands and out of my control, and so I was, I was having to uh, follow a script that you were writing. <laughs> I didn't like it, 
Right. But at the same time, I knew God, again, he was in control of all this. He knew what was happening. And I wasn't asking you to do anything sinful. You no. know, I mean, I, I, I do want to make that very clear. I wasn't asking you to do anything no. sinful or wrong. It was just there was there were things, like Tommy had said, there were things that he hadn't done in our marriage or where he had just done whatever he wanted. And it was like, okay, for me to trust you, here are some of the things that I need to see happen. And over time, he did all of those things and more. And I think because he respected my wishes and he did, you know, start following the script, so he says, it really did help build that trust between us that had very much been lacking. Well, you nailed it on the head head there when you said it all boils down to faith. Uh, our fears, anxieties, those will all be laid to rest when we uh, come to the knowledge that God is in complete, complete control and He's working all things uh, out for our good. In fact, we're reminded of this in Romans 8.28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. Uh, and I also think back to the story of Abraham and Isaac and Genesis 22, this is where God asked uh, Abraham to sacrifice, his, sacrifice son. his own son. Can you imagine? No. Imagine your firstborn, your child, <laughs> God telling you, all right, you're going to sacrifice your son to me. But then having the faith that if God is who he says he is, he's going to, something good is going to come of this. And he'll be right? the great provider. And he he will provide the sacrifice. Right. And we know that there was the ram. In, in fact, Abraham proved his faithfulness to the Lord and God rewarded him. He said, because of your faith, mm -hmm. because you have chosen to willingly sacrifice your son, look at how I'm going to bless you. Right. You know, your descendants will number the stars in the heaven, the sands uh, of the desert. Um, it was amazing, uh, that faith there. But you talk about a crisis uh, in his life. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's God, a huge crisis. The God, the creator of the universe, tells you to kill your own son. Right. Um, if that isn't enough to instill worry or anxiety, I don't know what else would. <laughs> right. right. And, you know, I I think back to that. I love that story. I think back to that story, too. And um, when he was his servant, when he was going up with his son, when he was talking to the servant, he said, we will be back. Do you remember that yeah, part? Yeah, I, I just I do. It's like he knew. I mean, he there wasn't a time where he you know, doubted or at least it wasn't evident in the story. Yeah. Uh yeah, we read he did not waver in right. his faith at Absolutely. all. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh well, what are some verses we can share with our listeners today to help remind them of the importance of remaining calm and steady? and to put their complete trust in the Lord while in the midst of a storm. We have several. Amy, you want to go ahead with the first one? Um, yeah, it's Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. John 14, 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, 
Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Isaiah 41.10 Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. 1 Peter 5.7 Casting all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. 2 Corinthians 12.10 For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. 2 Timothy 1.7 For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. During times of tribulation and uncertainty, it's so easy to withdraw and refrain from feasting on the Word of God and His promises to equip and sustain us. So often we turn inwardly and allow ourselves to give in to the spirit of fear. Doing so can cripple our joy and leave us stranded in the pits of despair and self-pity. Standers, do not let this happen to you. As Scripture teaches us, Take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Lean on the Lord and His wisdom. Know and believe in your heart that the God of all creation has a plan and purpose for your life, and it is His desire to bless and prosper us while we faithfully serve and trust Him while here on this earth. Well, now is the time in our show when we share some prayer requests with our listening audience. Uh, These have been submitted by our listeners Uh, And it's our intent that by sharing them with you, we can broaden the scope of these requests. Uh, The power of prayer is great, and the more believers we can summon and recruit to intercede on behalf of the body of Christ, the better. With that said, if you have a specific prayer request that you would like us to share with our listening audience, please send it via email to prayer at purposedmarriage.org. And be sure to enter the subject heading on air prayer. Our first prayer request comes from Chad W. Uh, We want to pray that his wife Tina turns her heart back to God. We also want to pray that the Lord would equip Chad to lead with wisdom and discernment. And this is so important for standards that we make right decisions and that we are following and hearing God's truth and not leaning on our own understanding. All right, the next prayer request comes from Michael S., Michael is facing much confusion in his life right now and is asking for God's clear guidance and direction. Uh, He desires to do the right thing, to obey God's will, whatever it may be, and to see clearly the Christ-honoring path he is to take. This is a reminder that God is not the author of confusion. May He make our paths clear so we may be in line with with His will. Let's pray for Michael. Amy, can you read the next one? We have a request from Angela A. We want to pray for her unsaved in-home prodigal, Jamie. She has been in the stand for 20 years. She is heavily burdened that her husband would come to a saving knowledge of Christ. And I just want to add that Angela's approach and priority here is right on. We need to be praying for the soul of her spouse. This should always be the priority and let restoration be secondary. Right. Our last uh, request here is from Bob D. Bob is asking prayer for his wife, Rosina. 
there's much anger and hostility in this situation. Uh, we want to ask the Lord to work in Rosina's heart and also to strengthen Bob. Uh, pray the Lord grows and matures Bob during this time and that he would be brought confidence that God has this situation in control. Uh, and I want to add that on occasion, uh, standers attempt to communicate and share things with our prodigals concerning our relationship with the Lord and how uh, He is working. Uh, I think that's only natural that when the Lord is doing a work in us that we want to tell others right, about right. it. Um, while sharing our spiritual growth is good, uh, sharing this with a prodigal usually only serves to further harden and strengthen their resolve to run and flee God's will. And mm -hmm. I can say this because I've lived it That's firsthand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it does no good. Uh, let us all learn to rely completely on the Lord to do the work only He can do. I think there's this thought that if I just communicate how the Lord is changing me, that uh, maybe some of it will spill over and affect your heart, and it yeah. really doesn't work that way. Right. Uh, in the end, miracles of the heart... Uh, occur when it is God who intervenes. He Absolutely. has to do that work. Well, Lord, we thank you once again for this time together. Uh, we pray that you would take these requests that have been shared and answer each and every one in your perfect timing. God, we pray for all our listeners now who are suffering and in the midst of these current events we are facing uh, where there is so much confusion and uncertainty we ask that you fill our hearts with peace and assurance that you hold all things in your hands. Remind us of your never-ending love that you extend to each and every one of us. May we all take comfort in the knowledge that it is you, Lord, who rules over all things, and there is no circumstance or situation too great or impossible for you to overcome. Go with us now as we end this broadcast. Help us to all honor and serve you while we wait and may all of our words and deeds bring honor and glory to you it's in the name of christ we pray amen. amen thank you for tuning in to this episode of the purposed marriage podcast we hope and pray it strengthens and further equips you to remain committed to your marriage no matter the condition or circumstances for more information and links to resources from our ministry, be sure to follow us on social media and through our official blog at purposedmarriage.org. If you have questions about standing for your marriage and desire to learn more about how to live biblically during times of trial and heartache, please reach out to us via email. The address is contact at purposedmarriage.org. Until our next broadcast, May God continue to strengthen and encourage as you pursue a Christ-honoring and purposed marriage.